Hi, everybody. Thanks again for joining us today. Um, this is our... Essentially, this is our memorial episode for Stanley for the whole dying thing. But um, we wanted to talk sort of about his, uh, his history, how he became such an iconic figure, what he really did and uh, accomplished in the in the world of Marvel uh, sort of what what he's known for and what he really did with uh, the other artists and writers like uh, primarily Jack Kirby and Steve Ditko the the people he created most of his characters with that he's really known for um, more or less that's that's what we do here but we kind of get into everything i mean after about an hour there's only so much you can really talk about for the one guy unless we really went in depth which we didn't you know it's not like we did a ton of research i mean that's that's just not our mo what look something up know about it before you start talking about it <laughs> you've come to the wrong place if that's what you're looking for <laughs> So, once again, you guys, thanks again for joining us. I hope you enjoy the show as much as I enjoyed making it. Turns all your bad feelings into good feelings. It's a nightmare. An Uzi. I'm not from South Central Los Fucking Angeles. I didn't come here to shoot 20 black 10-year-olds in a fucking drive-by. I want a normal gun for a normal person. Whatever you're reaching for better be a sandwich because you're going to have to eat it. You thought he was white before? You just see that second man. I'll use small words so that you'll be sure. Let's get it cracking. Uh, welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to uh, our memorial episode for the great Stan Lee. Yes. Yeah. Representing here. Yeah, you know what? I should have wore a Marvel shirt. I'm an idiot. Yeah. I, uh, I'm actually I, wearing a sweater that says shit happens. I mean, that in its own way. I thought that might have been Howard the Duck because I know you're a big <laughs> uh, Marvel fan. <laughs> oh, that's a good point. I never even thought about that. Maybe that was my reaction when Stan Lee died. I was like, nope, like, shit happens. Shit happens. <laughs> sometimes sometimes shit happens. Uh, so, yeah, if, uh, if you guys haven't heard, uh, which... You know, you probably have uh, Stanley. I mean, if you've gone on Instagram or Facebook or fucking the internet or anything, uh, you've definitely heard that Stanley died of pneumonia. Uh, he passed away yesterday or was it the day before? I think it was yesterday. Yeah. Um, it was uh, 95 yeah. years old. Yeah. 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 Motherfucker. It's pretty crazy when you think, just to think about, because, you know, um, Let's be honest here. I wasn't surprised at all that he died. I mean, when somebody gets to be in their 90s, it's kind of like you're just waiting for the other shoe to drop. I mean, uh, yeah, what do you <laughs> I mean, I, yeah, I was, sure well, I wasn't surprised. <laughs> here's a good here's a good way of looking at it, my perspective. Every day that went by that he didn't die, I was more surprised right. that he had not died yet. Well, like it's it's kind of crazy that I mean, this guy's got some good genes. He lasted a long time. Yeah, much respect to uh, the genes of of the was it the Lieberman family. That's his real name, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. He did the typical, uh, you know, uh, nineteen early nine. You know the yeah. you know the thing. 
Jewish dudes always change their name because right, they're too right. sounding. Right. I don't want to sound so Jewish in my publication. Well, uh, yeah, Stan Lee was his. Uh, that was his um, his uh, pen name or whatever yeah. you call it, pseudonym. Was uh, was Stan Lee the most famous Lee after Bruce Lee? Wait, what? <laughs> I'm asking a question. Who's the more famous Lee? Oh, who's the more famous Lee? Uh, Bruce Lee. Because that's the two, right? There's nobody more famous yeah. than those two. There, yeah, there aren't any Lees that that go that go to that level. I mean, we got and most of them are martial arts stars too. I mean, yeah, Jet Lee. There's, there's people with Lee like Rachel Lee Cook. Yeah, people with Lee. Is, isn't isn't she Lay Cook or it's like you might, yeah, you might that way. Yeah, you, you it's Rachel right. Lay yeah. Cook. Yeah. Yeah, but uh so really I, I think uh the focal point just because this is what's going on everywhere is is the big uh Stan Lee thing. Uh I was I was tripping about like when I started looking up what's going on with it, how it all went down, um I was tripping about the whole Twitter thing with uh Army Hammer. That was <laughs> That was the yeah. funniest thing to me. Like, what an asshole. What's his problem? Yeah, it was It was really, uh, I just don't even know why he would care that much to right. comment on it. It was really odd. Well, I, th I thought it was just really, really um, conceited. Like, he had this yeah. really, like, superior, like, elitist sort of way of being like, um, we're, we're memorializing him the wrong way. You people who are grown adults who do things however you choose to, are not remembering this guy the correct way. Yeah, essentially, like, for those of you guys who don't know, uh, Army Hammer basically criticized people who were, uh, or other celebrities or other people in general who were memorializing Stan Lee by posting photos that they had taken with him. So he, spe yeah, specifically they they'd taken selfies with him, mostly yeah. on like movie sets and stuff, and then they write like a little paragraph about what a great right. guy he was and how important he was to them. And, and in his mind, I guess he thought that was shitty because it was self-centered that they would be, you know, so showing a picture of themselves, mm -hmm. which is like, I don't know. I just don't see it like pretty, that. Yeah, no, I don't. It's a think... common thing to do when somebody dies, you have pick, like, think of it well, like this, right? If even if you just take the celebrity out of it, sure. If, if I was to die tomorrow, you would probably share photos of us together. That would only right. make sense, right? Because it's sort of, that. It, <laughs> because, it, it more connects you to that individual, makes you show like how this person had a specific impact on on my life, you know. Right. And I'm yeah. here remembering them, and that's more or less what he had a problem with. Is like you're making it about you. It's not about them. And it's like, well, remembering someone is about you, asshole. It's about your yeah. your relationship to that person, what they meant to you. So yeah, it is fucking about you. Yeah, that very, doesn't mean that it's not very, about them uh, too. Very odd response from Army yeah. Army. You know what I was really surprised by it was the amount of, because, uh, you know, on like Instagram and Facebook and just everywhere else, you know, they have all these people posting, uh, you know, how much they admired Stan Lee. I was, yeah. um, I was really, I guess you just kind of forget, you know, you kind of forget just how much of just popular culture in general, like Marvel Comics has influenced and it's easy now to see it because it's like the biggest thing in the world, but I guess you just forget how far it's, it's came. I was just talking with my nephew about this yesterday and I was telling him, I was like, dude, you don't even understand when I was a kid, Marvel movies like kind of sucked. Like 
We had Ghost there's, Rider. That was about yeah. it. <laughs> there was like there was a couple of good ones. You know, you had Spider Man. Yeah. Daredevil. Well, <laughs> X Men. Yeah, Daredevil. <laughs> X Men was the first good yeah. Marvel movie. But it wasn't even. Had, yeah, that, that was still pre Marvel Studios and everything. And it was a uh, yeah. Marvel well, Iron was Man. Fox. That was like that. That yeah, was that, that was really big for a Marvel movie to be released. I, I, I felt like uh, well, X Men was actually a really big. That was just a big step for superhero movies in general. Because mm-hmm. prior to X Men, you didn't really have a lot of like superhero movies that even took themselves seriously at, at all. No. Even though like Batman and Superman yeah. were considered good movies and were at least the first installments were well, claimed. But they, they still had a uh, they still had a uh, like a silliness to them. Yeah, they had that like the whole Tim Burton Batman thing is like I love those movies. In some yeah. ways, I like them more than like the Christopher Nolan movies, right? But they weren't done in like a, a serious, respectable way. They were yeah. they were comical and like it was a it was a puppet yeah. show. In, it was yeah. Effect. It was like, like it was like a live action play almost. Yeah, or, yeah, uh, exactly. It, actually, they 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 the way they were filmed and set up, it was like on a set. Like it a looked stage. like a stage. It looked like a yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. So X Men was the first. Well, and I guess. I guess this wouldn't be correct though. X Men was the first real big hit, but actually before that would have to be Blade. People always forget. Yeah, about Blade. Blade was Blade was Marvel. Correct. Yeah, and it was R rated. Yeah, you know it was, it was like. Oh yeah. People forget about Blade, uh, but X Men was like the first one where you took like the mainstream heroes and turned Some it. Motherfuckers you know I mean? always trying to ice skate uphill. <laughs> Some other than my favorite quote of <laughs> uh, Wesley Snipe improvised. Yeah. For those of you guys that don't know, um, I think we might have talked about this before. I'm pretty uh, sure we have. Yeah. If you guys don't remember, though, look up Patton Oswalt, uh, the comedian Patton Oswalt, talking about his experiences uh, filming Blade with Wesley Snipes, and the stories are just fucking hilarious. I I haven't even watched that yet. Actually, I you you have to see it. I he should have before we some hilarious stories. <laughs> Um, he's just as outlandish as you'd expect. Oh, all I've ever heard about uh, Wesley Snipes is that he's impossible to work with. He, yeah. if he shows up uh, to the set, he'll be completely like blacked out on cocaine. Um, mm-hmm. He shows up when he wants to. He'll only say lines once. <laughs> if you don't get it, you don't get it. It's like, <laughs> can you believe he almost fought Joe Rogan? No, uh, no, I didn't know that. You, but that's great. Wait, do you know this story? I don't think so, no. Okay, you. this is crazy. Him and Joe Rogan almost had a sanctioned fight. Joe Rogan was oh, actually really? training for it. Yeah, this was back in like, it was right around the time Leslie Snipes was having tax issues. Well, he's it was like during the time that Joe Rogan was competing, right? Like, or... No, 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 this, no was, uh, this was when he was, Rogan was already like hosting Fear Factor. Oh, okay. And, you know, commentating for the UFC. So he's 50 now. So I'm thinking Rogan probably would have been in his late 30s at the time. Okay. Um, but yeah, no, they had it. They were going to do like a full blown, like actual sanctioned fight. And then they were going to, I can't remember. I think Wesley Snipes ended up backing out. That's why mm-hmm. it didn't go through uh, because he wasn't getting paid enough or something. But yeah. can you imagine how badly he would have, like, he would have just gotten raped? He would have been so embarrassed. That would have been amazing. I would have loved it. <laughs> it would have been awesome. Yeah. Uh, I, I I know we've talked about this on the podcast before, so I don't really want to go uh, too much into yeah, detail. But my yeah. I, my coach, uh, his his uh, sensei, like his uh, the guy who 
He used to work with him doing uh, bouncing, and he had to like bitch slap Wesley Snipes around one time. I don't remember this. I remember you talking about how he used to bounce. Mm-hmm. I don't remember specifically him having to bitch slap Wesley Snipes. Not my coach. His his old coach. His uh, old coach. Uh, yeah, he, really? Why? I can't remember the exact detail. I just remember like Wesley Snipes was like basically just acting rowdy, being all fucked up, and uh, he wouldn't leave. He wouldn't listen to the bouncers. Be like, hey. I think it was like I think it was like a leave her alone situation or something like that, and then uh, he like just grabbed him by the lapels and just bitch slapped the shit out of him, and he just wow. looked at him like like deer in the headlights, like, oh shit, that's crazy. He's like, I'm Blade. Nobody does that to me. Yeah, Wesley Snipes isn't used to that kind of treatment. Yeah. Um, Wesley Snipes to me always kind of reminded me of like a um, he's like the Black Bruce Willis. Because I've always heard Bruce Willis is really hard to work with, too. Really? Yeah, that's what I heard. I've never heard that, but I, I believe it. Like, well, I mean, you know, I'm in contact with a lot of... Uh, a lot of Hollywood executives. Celebrities who let me... No, that's like a thing, dude. Bruce Willis is like a dick, is what I heard. I didn't know that. That's awesome. Makes me like him more. He looks like a human penis, too. He kind of does. He's a penis. Like, at least a half-erect penis, just like... Like he, now that he's old, it's like like kind of hanging off to the side a little bit, but <laughs> yeah, yeah, he does. Oh man, um, that's gruesome. So what? Else, well, I guess what else is there to say about Stanley? I mean, what more can you say? Oh man, uh, what? Run through some of his his memorable. Uh, actually, my most memorable Stanley cameo doesn't even come in the form of a Marvel movie. Um. And a lot of people forget Stanley's first cameo. It might not have been his first, but one of his first was in Kevin Smith's Mall Rats. Right. I was thinking about that today, actually. His yeah. whole like thing where he talks about, uh, he talks about like, uh, or where fucking what's his name, uh, J- Jason London, whatever. His yeah. Name is, uh, set up, set him up to uh, to like convince his friend Brody to go after his girlfriend. <laughs> Yeah, he, um, he, uh, that, that was probably my favorite Stanley cameo because that was the one where he act, they actually gave him quite a bit of dialogue in that mm-hmm. one. He was, was in it. Like a, he, yeah. Yeah, it was it. like a full, and that was before the Stanley cameo was a thing. Right. That was like, that was like, it, that's cool. Well, was of, that, was that his actual first cameo? Do you know if that was, I don't like, know if it was his first actual cameo. I'm sure he had other ones prior to that. That always felt. Well, like- I don't. I. I mean, maybe he did, but I mean, Stanley was never. He wasn't a public face before that. Like he. He was. He. He was a representative of. Uh, of. Of Marvel. He was. But- Stanley was essentially the mascot of Marvel Comics. Right. I and was. That's, yeah. that's. That's actually a really interesting. Uh, there's, there's something to branch off with about that that I was reading about earlier with. Um, a lot of the assumptions about his relationship with. Uh, with uh jack kirby and um uh steve ditko yeah Uh, like a lot of people go like oh they didn't get along because they left marvel and he stayed uh yeah but like but he he was according to his uh um statements like they had good relationships but stanley wasn't like the owner of marvel he wasn't the founder of marvel he was an employee just like them he didn't have power to give them like yeah, extra benefits 
Yeah, and of course, well, essentially, what people were mad at a lot of a lot of Stanley kind of did develop a not so great reputation within like the the hardcore comic well, book because community. he wasn't the responsible for like the amount of writing that Steve Ditko and uh, and um, Jack Kirby had, or the the actual artistry and everything. No, no, and but not just that. The thing that really irked people is uh, back in the I think it was the eighties they tried to put together a union for uh, comic book writers and artists. And Stan Lee was one of the few who actually sided with the Marvel company. And essentially the artists and the writers were just trying to get paid more and they tried to create a union. And that's kind of why that's when you had in the early nineties, you had image comics where basically right. all of the biggest artists from DC and Marvel came together to form their own company. You know, well, was, image uh, image was cool. That was Spawn, right? Image was right. was Spawn. So yeah. basically, what you had with Image, it was Rob Layfield who created yeah. the co-creator of Deadpool. You had a uh, Jim Lee. Uh, you had uh, Todd McFarlane who did mm -hmm. Spawn. Um, Todd, I just like Todd McFarlane has one of my favorite uh, just art styles, like the the way he draws. Yeah, I like, do. I like um, I like Todd McFarlane a lot. He there's. It's kind of well. The, to me, it's that it's that generation too of comics where it's, it's not too perfect. New. It's it's not that like super old where I'm not that into it because I can't I can't yeah. connect to it. And it's not right. that super new one where it looks like it's 3D. It looks it's like a cartoon too, or something. Yeah, the art is like too glossy now. In my yeah. Opinion. Uh, when I whenever I look at a new comic, that's what's really hard for me is uh, is getting into that. But he, um, yeah, Tom McFarlane kind of had that. It was kind of a very raw style, but also very detailed. And uh, he um, he was responsible. Really, Todd McFarlane created like all most of the most popular characters of the '90s. Wasn't he? he wasn't he like involved with uh, the Venom design? He created, he, no, he created it. He, he created so he, Venom. Yeah, I knew I'm, he had I'm, something to do with Venom. I'm like. Pretty, I'm pretty positive he created Venom. Um, there was some kind of there was some kind of weird thing going on with uh, there. Something happened though. I I, I might be misquoting this. Because he invented the, uh, you know, the black suit Spider-Man. And then from that, Venom is what branched off. Well, what, what happened with the black suit Spider-Man was um, there was a... A contest? Like, there, was a con there was like a contest or a convention yeah. or something. And some guy like made a black Spider-Man and he called yeah. it like, Belt Spider-Man. Yes. And, uh, yeah. Stan, or I, th I think it was Stan Lee, whoever it was, like the, the people from Marvel that actually bought it from him, they gave him like $200 for it. Yeah. You can yeah, actually see the letter on poor fucking. That's and so it, sad. Yeah. And when it and they took it and they threw away his whole stealth Spider-Man thing and just made Venom. They're like, we like this. <laughs> well, no, but I think they put the suit. The suit was on Spider-Man first. And yes, they it was. Used it on him first. And then and they then, they yeah. developed it from there. And but then, it, yeah, but that is it, fucking how sad though, man. That poor dude. <laughs> the guy who invented Venom. It's funny because I was just talking with my nephew well, about this yesterday and he was but, asking me, he was like, what is your favorite Spider-Man costume <laughs> of all time? I was like, there's a lot to choose from, but if, if pressed and I was forced to, it has to be the solid black classic uh, Spider-Man costume. I think that's the best one. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's so sad that like this, whoever this dude was that got paid $200, who's responsible <laughs> for probably like one of the top five most iconic superhero looks of all time. He 
he is, but also it's not like he was going to create Venom. Out no, of it. it wasn't I like know. it was going to get developed. But I just feel like, he, like 200 he bucks a little more than that. <laughs> yeah, he he should at least like get a house out of the deal or something. Oh, man. No, I mean, they should have gone back. And I mean, like with any amount of ethics would have been like, all right, we created a fucking world of, of shit from this money and and uh that, that's kind of what i mean and everything. yeah we when you probably about, get buy this guy a car or something. yeah well that's what i mean when you think about the amount of things that spawned from that it's like it's insanity you know no pun intended spawn yeah no pun intended <laughs> um but yeah yeah todd mcfarlane had a really cool style and um so when those guys started to image, that was their way of, it was like kind of like a big fuck you to DC and Marvel, mm-hmm. the two big, and DC and Marvel were like hemorrhaging money in the early nineties. They were, mm-hmm. they were Marvel filed for bankruptcy. I think. Right. Um, well, that's why they, they, yeah, they didn't, they weren't able to um, keep like a lot of their, uh, a lot of their, their rights, their comics, their whole fucking no. selling X-Men to Fox and all that shit. No. Yeah. The, the Fantastic whole- Four. That's exactly what happened. The whole industry hemorrhaged because they, you had that, it was, it was in that oh, time and, period. Oh, and DC selling basically everything that they have to Warner Brothers. Oh, yeah, yeah. The saddest thing that ever Kind of like what Marvel did with Disney. Yeah. And uh, yeah, well, and basically what you had was you had these two companies who, that was around the 80s was the time when all of these comic books that from the golden age were starting to like skyrocket in value and they were worth crazy amounts of money. But what people don't realize is the reason why those comics were worth so much money is because they were rare. And part of the reason why they were rare is because when back in the 1950s or whenever it was when that there was a doctor named Dr. Frederick Wortham who published a report uh, demonizing comic books. Right. I was, about, yeah. I was reading something about this earlier too. Yes. So people would have, you know, public burnings where they would mm-hmm. have their kids bring their comics and they would burn all these comics. So that's essentially what made, that's part of the reason that made golden age comics so rare is because a lot of them were destroyed and they were, were printed on cheap paper anyway. So even the ones that were kept in decent, decent, uh, uh, conditions they those weren't even in that great a condition would just be like, falling apart with age <laughs> yeah and so all these guys in the 80s started thinking every time they would produce you know both companies marvel and dc would produce all these ridiculous amounts of like variant covers and you know, you know what you're buying them up you know what trips me out when i look at those uh those old like golden age comics too is um it, there there was no restriction on the amount of style that you could put under the characters. I mean, they were, I I know the culturally things were different. Artwork was different. Style was different. And uh, naturally things are going to evolve as time goes on. So like you see the more streamlined versions of characters that we have today, but Mm -hmm. it's, it is weird that you go back and look and straight up just the overall design of the characters looks cheaper and older. Like, like the way Iron Man was drawn, he looked like a guy in a fucking Campbell soup can with a face. And like fucking yeah, well, like, uh, superhero comics, especially during that time period, they had notoriously shitty art. There right. was, they that's went what through, I'm saying. Like, yeah. and that's why that, that, as I was mentioning earlier, it's harder to get into that uh, nowadays when you go back and look because it is. Well, and they had a weird period because actually, when so prior to uh, that book coming out and that that kind of. Uh, you know, putting a, that basically when that guy wrote that book, it put an end to horror comics. 
Like mm-hmm. he didn't have horror comics. Anymore. Yeah, we like we talked about that with the whole yeah. uh, EC Comics. But when thing. they did EC um, Comics, they actually had really good artists. If you go back and look at that, it's a weird thing that happened because if you look at the artwork for EC Comics, they had a great quality yeah. artwork, like really beautiful stuff. I and think then, that's I think that's more important with horror comics though because like I think that was more of a like a natural thing for horror comics to have that because they're it, they have to look striking. Uh, yeah, well, you, you have, like, yeah, and a lot of the scenarios in horror comics require more detail and more, you know, but 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 the but the, those artists, you know, they those those guys were like real artists at the time who mm-hmm. did that as like a full time job, and then right. by the like the guys who started Superman, Joe Siegel and uh, and Schuster, um, they those guys had like no background in art; they could barely draw. So if you look at those first like, fucking shoe Batman, salesman, just yeah, <laughs> if you look at those first Batman and Superman comics, they yeah. look like shit. They look horrible. Mm-hmm. And then even a right. lot of the really good artists, like even Steve Ditko, when he first started drawing comics, his his art style was really kind of plain and mm-hmm. just not. And then um, same thing with Jack Kirby. He kind of developed. Jack Kirby ended up morphing into like this crazy cosmic, psychedelic, right. he, gnarly he, style along the way. I I love that too. Like he he was more the one who uh, did more like the space shit. Like, yeah, um, Jack Kirby is basically responsible for like the entire uh, space side of Marvel. Uh, side. Well, I know like in the uh, the representations of uh, of like Stan Lee and Jack Kirby in the comics, like uh, Stan Lee's the one above all character. And Jack Kirby was like this cosmic bartender guy. I can't remember like what his name. I don't remember that either. So I think was, Stan Lee was supposed to be like the Watcher or something, right? Or like Stan, he, Stan Lee was the he he was called the One Above All. He was basically God. He was like Jesus Christ or something. Uh, like he was yeah. always portrayed with like a bright light behind him. Uh, he only appears very like rarely, <clears throat> and it would be like he essentially he could do anything. He was supposed to be like the most powerful character in the um, in the Marvel universe, but he's like too. Uh, too like heavenly to like interfere with with things so he had to he would just like show up and give people advice like there there's one comic where uh peter parker meets the one above all i think like is like right after somebody died because there's always somebody dying in peter parker's life (laughs) do you remember there was actually a uh there was a um uh, do you remember like the finale of the spider-man cartoon where he meets stanley no, vaguely. So, I, I know for, I've seen it. I, for, I the fin- for the finale of the Spider-Man animated series, it's the I remember tripping out on this as a kid. He meets Stan Lee, and Stan Lee like comes to him and he's like, "You're like my creation. I created you." And he's That's so weird. Like, it's fucking out there, dude. It's you all have super to cheesy like that or what? It's so even as a kid, I was like, "What the fuck is this? What this are they is fucking way, trying to pull here? What is going on?" Yeah. Like my whole. It was, yeah, it was super spacey for mm-hmm. me kid. Um, and I've gone back and watched it. It's very, very strange. You have to see it. It's weird. Yeah. It's a strange way to end the series. I definitely need to go back and check that out. Um, I was watching Batman Beyond the other day just for like a little throwback. That was really great. I never, <laughs> you know what? I never, uh, I never really, I watched like a couple episodes of it. And I remember actually really liking it, but for whatever reason, I never consistently like sat down and watched it start to finish. I, well, I was watching it and it just struck me. I was like, this is kind of like 
almost like a like like a shot at Nightwing or something like they didn't want to go all the way to make like a Nightwing cartoon. <laughs> That's kind of what I, I, I remember when it came out. That's it even, exactly it even, what I thought. It even looks like Nightwing's costume a little bit, aside from having the Batman mask and the, the it's, fucking it's, bat yeah, ears. It's pretty similar. Uh, is he has that like that little like stripe. Yeah, the red. That yeah. red instead of blue. Um, yeah, they, they definitely took some, took some cues from the idea of Nightwing. <laughs> they had a they had Nightwing on the uh, the original Batman animated series of mm-hmm. yeah so they I did never understand yeah. why they just didn't give him his own series. Um, Nightwing was dope. Actually, there's a really good uh, independent series uh, called Nightwing. I've seen like, some of it on YouTube. It's only like it's only like I think it's like ten minute episodes. There's like five yeah. of them, and it's it's good. Like uh, he fights uh, um, Deathstroke. Mm-hmm. Deathstroke ends up being the main villain. It's pretty good. I was very impressed with it for such a low budget thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry for, <laughs> I keep forgetting that people are listening to this and like I'm like fucking in my living room surrounded by pugs. Yeah. With a fire going. And then I have responses like, mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, wait, you probably shouldn't respond with mm-hmm while you're oh, filming like, a podcast. Was, yeah. <laughs> I would call that, that that'd be irresponsible podcast. <laughs> Did you hear about um, uh, Stan Lee's final, final creation that he was working on with his daughter? No. Uh, right, like, up to the day he passed away? No, what was it? Get ready for this. Mm-hmm. Dirt Man. Dirt man. <laughs> yeah. You already have a dirt man. Isn't that Sandman? No, Sandman. Sandman. Clayface, Sandman. All Clayface right. Clayface is Mudman. Clayface is uh. Clayface <laughs> is is uh totally different. That's that's DC. Uh, this is probably gonna be like the uh. This is probably gonna be the the Marvel rebuttal to Clayface. We'll call it that. <laughs> so, is, do they, you got any uh, details on Dirtman? No. No, no details were released. His daughter was like crying too much while she was telling the press One about it. One can only imagine what Dirtman is capable of. <laughs> what is the I overall point of Dirtman in general? Like, I I have a few ideas that come to mind. He could be a guy who just could be a really dirty homeless man. <laughs> I was gonna say he's just a filthy. Never get a shower. He's a filthy dirt guy. Man. A Dirtman. <laughs> oh man. Well, you know, Stanley was never short on a. Uh, short on a that's that's kind of one of the funny things about him too is when they tell stories about like the creation of a lot of his most famous characters uh what you start to realize the deeper you dig is that a lot of these characters weren't necessarily stanley's characters they were right. kind of he would like basically stanley he was like you ever see that episode of south park where they have a uh, manatees in a uh it's like manatees in a swimming pool, and yeah, it was, it was how uh, it was how Family Guy comes up with their jokes. Exactly, that's Stanley with superheroes. He just yeah. he's just shooting ideas in a fucking bucket until <laughs> well, somebody they, more talented comes you, along and makes it something. You you saw the uh, you saw the Key and Peele thing where they had Stanley like yeah, all yeah. really old dudes like yeah. <laughs> what was the guy? What was the guy who's like? He's so funny though. Man. He always remembers where he left his keys. <laughs> it's so funny though, because it's a hundred percent true. Yeah. Like if you actually were to go through, and Stan Lee did a lot of this in like the '90s and the 2000s, where uh, before Marvel really started to make a lot of money from uh, from Marvel Studios, 
is he was he was churning out like some he would come up with some really fucking awful superhero ideas they were always really corny and really dated i i didn't really look into it to to see those but that's awesome (laughs) yeah he was through and through he was he was uh and it's it's funny too because if you look at a lot of the characters he came up with like one of my favorites is Daredevil, and I love the Netflix Daredevil series that they have well, going. He, he, but he co he co founded Daredevil. Yeah, he co founded it. But he would always say, I'm, "I'm I'm fairly certain that Stan Lee would always say that Daredevil was like his proudest creation mm-hmm. because it was like he essentially took like a handicapped character and made him into a hero." Right. But that Daredevil could have very easily been one could have been a dirt man, you know? Right. Like if you didn't have a talent. You're, you're, you could have easily been. That, yeah, that that could have been a dirt man. <laughs> Daredevil could have been dirt man. And if you look at the Dirt-devil. original Daredevil comics, if, when if he had there the was, if there wasn't already a dirt devil for <laughs> yeah, you know, exactly, your could fours, have been then that's what it would have been. If you look at the original Daredevil comics, he looked fucking awful. They had a bright yellow costume on you on him. He had the worst villains. He had a villain named Stiltman, who just had big ass stilts. Um, and he I'm would just like remember. trample through the city uh but yeah uh esoteric the rapper has a has one of his lines he says uh he says yellow suit i'm like daredevil check the air level yeah (laughs) yeah that's the original and then really the person who came in and just fucking took daredevil and made him a cool character was frank miller um was that okay frank miller's frank miller's got some done that with a lot of yeah. yeah he's fucking crazy now though have you seen him lately no He's just like a, what I had heard is that he's like a pretty crazy alcoholic and he just come like, I don't know. I think he's just fried his brain. He doesn't really that's come what, up. I think that's anything. what uh, comic book writers, you know, just do, right? You just become alcoholics. I know that's Maybe a writer. Like the 1960s. I don't know if they do that now, do they? I don't know, man. I don't know what comic book writers do, to be honest, but it seems like something comic book writers would do, seeing they're meticulously drawing away well that's what they used to say about what i had heard i watched this documentary i can't remember the name of it it was a documentary on youtube so if you guys are interested look it up uh but it was a jack kirby documentary and they would talk about how he would just spend like he had the most unhealthy lifestyle and they basically just said he would sit all cocaine hookers no 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 no, not (laughs) like that he would just sit all day every day in his basement drawing guy never got any sunlight and he does, I mean, if you go back and look at uh, all of Jack Kirby's work, he has, like, an insane amount of drawing that he did. Right. Like, it just crazy amounts of work. Um, so, I don't know. I think that's what a lot of them do is they just kind of... They just sit there. They, they, kind of, they kind of do a uh, South Park World of Warcraft episode. Basically, yeah. <laughs> They just melt away in the basement. Like, Have mom yep. deliver him Hot Pockets. <laughs> yep. Yep. No time for anything else. No, of course not. So what else is what else are we going to talk about? Um there is one more uh there's one more interesting fact that I came across that's relating to Stan Lee. Yeah. Uh I thought it was really funny and worth sharing. Apparently uh had a good relationship with uh Gene Simmons. Kiss. That that really when I hear and, that uh, that makes a lot of sense. And but more specifically beyond that uh he had gene simmons uh 
cut himself and bleed into a vat of ink so that he could say that a series of comment comics were actually had written in, in his blood. I, I remember this. Uh, <laughs> I, I remember this because I remember I, when I used to collect wizard magazine, they had like a compilation list of some of the wackiest like things comics had ever done. And that was one of the top ones. Mm -hmm. and, uh, I think they actually, according to Gene Simmons, he said they actually did it. Like that's, they actually what he said. Had, that's what it said on yeah, the things. Like they, they actually took that. blood from the members of Kiss and put it into the ink. Yeah. How gross is that, though? You'd just be giving kids all kinds of venereal. Oh, yeah. Can you imagine all the VD in those comics? <laughs> you know, the, it's you tremendous. Know, Kiss and their heyday were just plowing through oh. groupies like nobody's business. That was why they became Kiss, was <laughs> for the groupies. What a weird band, huh? Kiss, when you look back on it. Oh, yeah. Like, it's just a bunch of clowns. Did you ever see the Kiss movie? Uh, no, I would never have watched the Kiss movie. <laughs> it's fucking, I didn't. I can't say that I watched it. I've watched. It's like asking me if I watched Yellow Submarine. That's right on the same on the same vein. Yeah, I'm kind of in the same boat. I never had any interest in watching Yellow Submarine. Yeah. Um, no, it's that's something I. <laughs> I don't know why things like that just didn't interest me. Uh, I'm sure now, if I was on a lot of drugs, I would watch that. Yeah, yeah, they never really did it for me either. Like, uh, there were some, there was animations that I like, um, you know, like. Uh, I always loved animated shit. I always loved like yeah, weird just stuff those, like that. But for some reason, that was not interesting to me. Were you into um, heavy metal? The, the oh, the, the movie. Metal? Yeah. Yeah, I liked heavy metal. The movie didn't like heavy metal. The music that that never <laughs> got to me. In case you guys don't know, Keith is not. A heavy metal fan no no heavy heavy metal never never i i didn't have any attachment to it um yeah no i loved heavy metal the movie that movie is hilarious that's one of my favorite animated movies it's been too long since i've seen it so i don't really remember what happens in it but i, I remember uh this little like floating ball terrorizing this naked woman on like a desolate planet that's one of the stories. Yeah, they have like. Uh, no, that was like that was like the. Um, that's the main story. That was like the main that story. That stems and, from. Yeah, and, I, and that was what he was terrorizing her with. Was like yeah. telling her stories. He's like, now we're gonna hear something horrible. Yeah, about. and some of them so, weren't even that horrible. Like, uh, yeah. <laughs> some of them were just. There, my favorite story of all of them. There was one where they have a. It's like the guy is like a. Um, I don't know. I really liked all of them, but there's one where there's like a space captain who's on trial mm -hmm. and uh, there's like a robot snorting Coke and I don't know. <laughs> it was just really out there. I can't. Yeah. For the life of me, I can't remember. There was a couple, a couple heavy metal movies too, right? There was like a, a second they, or possibly third one. Uh, they ended up coming out with, yeah, I think two more after that. I remember they came out with heavy metal 2000 which mm -hmm. came out in that's right i remember heavy metal the, 2000 the year 2000 uh heavy metal 2000 was awful um i really liked it at the time as my 10 year old self but upon uh upon further review at a later age i realized it was just mm -hmm. like, terrible right uh sorry i'm like i'm trying to look this thing up right now um what are you trying to look up? I'm looking up who the Jack Kirby character was. <laughs> uh, it's it's in my brain right now, and it's driving. Yeah, that me one crazy. that that flew over my head. I don't even remember I, that. I know that flew over your head because you said you didn't even know. But yeah. now my computer's like freezing up. 
not this computer this one living tribunal is not who that is we all know who the living tribunal is come on i'm gonna need to uh plug my computer in actually to make sure that i don't die here you better do that bro give me one second yeah this uh it looks like this this list here has uh the, it has the one above all but then it has uh the beyonder as the next person underneath hey watch out for the salt lamp okay anyway uh looks like we've lost matt for a while here uh, that was always something that was really fun to me. Was just looking up lists of like who's the strongest characters in the Marvel universe. I mean, it's a fake thing. It's not like they're real characters. There's no actual measurable way to say who's stronger than who, and in what sense either. Like it's not like like just physical strength is is necessarily a, a factor. They all have different characteristics that make them significant. Um, Rarely is actual just lifting strength uh, even relevant when it comes to that. What are we? What are we talking about? I'm talking about the idea of looking up uh, who the strongest characters in like Marvel universe or like DC universe and stuff is. Yeah, it doesn't um, even really matter when you think about it. Right. Like, exactly. the scenario, you know, they're they're all relevant in different ways. Yeah, like, that's kind of the fun. That's what I always liked about the X-Men is like mm -hmm. they always had very, you know, they just always had very unique powers so they would, would come in handy in really random scenarios. Mm -hmm. But, uh, yeah, that I don't know why that made me think of um, this thought I was having the other day about, <clears throat> about a comparison between uh, Marvel and uh, Marvel and DC. Mm -hmm. How... Marvel seems to have um, more like outlandish, like not based in reality characters, you know, like DC has a lot more characters that are just like vigilante, like we don't have powers, we don't have, we're, we're just like skill based, wearing masks and stuff. They, but they're the ones who have the fake cities like Gotham and Metropolis. And here's what's weird about DC though is that they do have a lot of those vigilante characters with no powers, but then they have them compete with, like, right. crazy, godlike powered characters. Right. Marvel Which, has a little more in-between as far as, like, like you know, they'll, they'll have... Marvel has more of a spectrum, I think, as far as mm -hmm. powers go. So they'll have somebody like a Captain America who's slightly super-powered. Or right. like a Daredevil who's slightly super-powered. And then you have, like, the next tier, which would be, like, a Spider-Man. And then the next tier, which would right. be like Thor. You right. know, they have a very clear kind of power structure. Whereas DC, it's like you have like Martian Manhunter or Aquaman or, or Superman or Wonder Woman who are all just like gods. Yeah. Then you have Batman who has no powers. Except Aquaman, like if he's on land for like five minutes, he dies. In the original. Uh, I, don't, <laughs> I don't care what anybody says. Aquaman is so lame. Aquaman will never be tight. Hey, bro. I just want to tell he's better. He's better than the submariner, bro. Okay. Submariner is way tighter. Okay, I'll fucking argue this till the day I die. Submariner was one of my early favorite characters. Really, the submariner? Submariner. If you actually I think go it's back, submariner, right? I think it's submariner. Sub yeah, yeah, Namor. Yeah. All right. Let's get, that, let's get that right since he's your favorite. 
I didn't like them when I was a little kid, but then when I when I got a little older, when I was like 12, 13, and I started reading about like you the history of Marvel comics. When, 13. when I was a grown man, when I started reading about the history of Marvel comic books, and I started realizing like what an integral part uh, the Submariner was of that, and like the original Human Torch, who actually wasn't even a part of the Fantastic Four. Not, not the Chris Evans Human Torch. No. <laughs> and... Um, when I started, you know, when I started really doing my research and then you actually like get into the mythology of the Submariner and like, he's just, it's like a really cool unexplored part of the Marvel universe that they have any, and they can't because I think Fox owns them. So maybe after that, that deal goes through and uh, Marvel owns Fox or Disney owns Fox. They'll now. bring the Submariner back. They'll bring the Submariner back. Who would you get to play the Submariner? Now I already have a choice. If he was younger and they got him in his prime, Steven Seagal. That's Definitely. 100%. He looks exactly <laughs> like him. Yeah, no question. <laughs> <laughs> that voice, too. Can you imagine, like, the Submariner fucking... Steven Seagal's Seagal Seagal voice. That would be perfect. I don't really know any Submariner lines. I never got into it like that. I was about to, like, drop something, but I just couldn't do it. All right, so here's the thing. I never, honestly... I probably can count on one hand the amount of Submariner comics I read, <laughs> but but I'm I'm talking about more like I said when I would just read about the character and right. some of my like Marvel encyclopedias that, and stuff like I like that part of it. That's honestly um, that's that's where I get um, most of my that's a, like most of my superhero comic book uh information comes from me like reading about the characters and their backgrounds and what they what they've done in the in the canonical history of the of the storylines um that's what you have to do yeah let, there's just so many comic books and most of the time yeah. you read a comic book an individual comic book and it's like all right nothing took place in that comic <laughs> no like and yeah they they have a lot of filler and uh, when I was, it was pretty, when I was a teenager, I had a few series that I would follow, but for the most part, I just read graphic novels mm. when they were already collected. I'm, I'm looking at a, one singular story. I'm looking at a picture of Frank Miller here and yeah, he looks like, uh, looks like he's somehow turned into Sean Penn, but like at 90 years old. Yeah. He doesn't look good. Yeah. It's not he's, good. I mean, it's, I mean, he took a sharp turn because like. If you just look at Frank Miller back in like 05 when they released Sin City, mm -hmm. he looked fine. He looked normal. He was lucid in his conversations, but you see him yeah. now, you just, man, he really like took a, he really went downhill in the last. Right, right. For many years. Well, that's good to know. All right. <laughs> Powerful Frank Miller. Powerful. Powerful <laughs> Frank Miller. Yeah. Um, I gotta get out of this thing. I'm just distracting myself looking at it. I'm I'm, I'm going down just like a rabbit hole of looking like, uh, <laughs> like you don't tell these fucking fans who Jack Kirby's Marvel Comics you know character it's, is. It's not gonna happen. They're not gonna be able to sleep at night. I can't find it anymore. <laughs> I used to look through like these lists, and it was he was always the second one after one above all. Which here, I'm just gonna show you one. Above Everybody's all. gonna unsubscribe to this podcast. If they don't I've, I ruined everybody's everybody's beliefs here. Here's a absolutely creepy uh, look at the one above all Stan Lee's representation in uh, in Marvel Comics as a comic book character. Kind of looks like a, a mix between like Xavier and the Phoenix, and like and, a zombie or something. It looks yeah. like 
it looks like a, a mix of Xavier and Phoenix as um, as represented by George A. Romero. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's exactly what it looks like. Yeah, like look at this one. That's him without Wait, what? That's it? Yeah, that's him without any any light behind him. Okay, now that looks like Bob from Twin Peaks with like a skull painted on his face. This happened there, but I lost you for a second. Oh, yeah. But uh, you're back now, and it looks like Bob from Twin Peaks. Is that what you said? It's kind of what it looks like, yeah. And I, you know, and I never watched Twin Peaks. I, if, I, if I made a comment, I would just be talking out of my ass. There's no idea what you're talking about. You should have been like, yes, that does look like Bob from Twin Peaks. You know what? It looks like Bob from Twin Peaks. You're fucking <laughs> what right. What an incredible actor he was. Let's move on. Let's talk about some other show. There's a picture of One Punch Man here. Uh, I love I One Punch Man. I have no idea what that has to do with uh, Marvel's One Above All, but you know what? I watched that um, because you told me to, and hot damn, that's a great fucking show. It's hilarious. It's so right? good. It's so funny. Yeah, it's, it's one of the few. It's one of the few animes I've watched that legitimately had me like laughing out loud. Like it was really funny. Jesus Christ! The things I'm seeing here. Here's a picture, like a classical uh, comic drawing, like Golden Age drawing of Batman kissing Superman. Ew. Yeah. Ew. Yeah, I'm gonna show it to you. Show me. All right. Here it is. They're like, like they're like sweethearts. Look at them go. Yeah, look at that. Yeah, for the family. Thank you, everybody. If you ever had any questions, they've just been answered. Um, any kind. You know what I watch? That makes me think of... Have you ever seen McGruber? Yeah, McGruber. <laughs> He's ripping throats out and shit. McGruber? I forgot how funny that movie what was. I watched it the other night. Oh, yeah. It's keep so talking, funny. but I, I definitely have to show you this now because I think I know who you're talking about. Okay. With Bob from... Uh, Twin Peaks. Is that him? No. No? <laughs> no. But it does I, look like him. I, I assumed that's who that was. <laughs> it's not anyway. Bob from Twin Peaks, but uh, he does look like that guy. Yeah. That guy does look like him. That guy looks more like him than anybody. But yeah, you were yeah. saying uh, um, MacGruber. Yeah, for those of you that haven't seen MacGruber, it's just like so fucking funny. Um, it's so shitty, but it is really funny. Like in, a, funny, in a fucked shitty. up, stupid like way. <laughs> yeah, it's such a stupid movie, but it's like perfectly stupid. Like if you guys don't know who MacGyver is, MacGyver was like a popular. Uh, if you guys MacGyver. don't know who MacGyver is, you guys need to do some catching up on life before you listen to this podcast. I don't know what you're yeah. doing here and not watching old episodes well, of MacGyver. Here's the funny thing. Even people who don't necessarily couldn't tell you who MacGyver is, they still know the term, I MacGyvered it. Like MacGyver right. is very deeply ingrained into... It's in, in human, in human uh, conversation. Yeah, that's like, you could probably... MacGyver, MacGyver has reached the common lexicon of individuals. Yeah, no, that's got to be in like the dictionary. That's like, you probably everybody has yeah. that term, I MacGyvered it. I MacGyvered it. So it's like a spoof. It was an SNL spoof of MacGyver, but it's McGruber. And uh, she, he's just this hilariously horrible character. And he's really into ripping people's throats out. <laughs> it's like so funny at the end of the movie when he has to get one more throat rip in. He's it's, like, I really want to go for that turkey. <laughs> <laughs> it's, 
It's like the only thing that he actually can do. He's like a shitty MacGyver. Like a shit he's a horrible, work. yeah, he's horrible like MacGyver and everything else. Yeah. Dolph Kilmer's really funny in that too, playing the villain. I don't remember. Uh, I saw it like when it was new. Um, I remember. I remember his. Uh, I remember his uh, carrot and the asshole distraction technique. It was actually a, a celery stick. Oh, that's right. And yeah, he specifies was... you want to use the thick end of this, despite it sounding <laughs> counterintuitive. You want to use the thick end of the celery stick to put in your butt. Otherwise, if you use the thin end, it'll just kind of shimmy its way out. Yeah, and you got to hop like a rabbit with a <laughs> with a the fucking celery, celery stick, stick in your ass. Anyways, you guys got to see MacGruber. Anyway, yeah, you guys got to watch some MacGyver and some MacGruber. And not, I don't know about this new MacGyver show. I haven't watched it. Oh, I when forgot I do, MacGyver. I'll tell you. I'll tell you if you should or shouldn't watch it. But don't yeah. watch it until I do. Okay. They probably didn't need to make a new MacGyver. I don't think a new MacGyver was necessary. <laughs> MacGyver see, uh, only worked in the eighties. Did you see? Did you see the uh, the Baywatch movie that they came came through with? No, I mean I saw like trailers for it, but I never it, actually watched it. Dude, it was actually really really funny. Like it was a very self aware movie. It was super dumb, super silly, but it was like it was great. They kind of tried to do like a twenty run Jump Street, but Baywatch, right? Kind of, yeah. It was along those lines. It was definitely that's a good way of putting it. Hmm. It was like one scene where The Rock, who plays Mitch, meets Mitch. David Hasselhoff, <laughs> and they, he's just like, Mitch, Mitch. <laughs> How do you go from David Hasselhoff to The Rock? That's so fucking funny about it. <laughs> yeah. Like two opposite. Uh, you feel like he's, the whole time they're pretending that he's playing that character, and then <laughs> he meets he meets his, his idol, the man who trained him to be a lifeguard, and it's David Hasselhoff, and he's just old and bloated and falling apart. <laughs> Who is uh who's Pamela Anderson's character? I don't know. Um CJ. CJ Parker. I think CJ is this uh this crazy hot, like uh mixed um blackish looking girl. I don't know. I've seen her on uh she was I think she was on um she was on the Punisher show, the the series on Netflix. It was, but she was on it for like a second. Uh, um, I don't know. I don't know her name. I don't know what she was on. Um, all right, this. I might as well just look this up just so I can tell you. IMDb, motherfuckers. Remember how popular Pamela Anderson was in the nineties? Yeah, and then she got hepatitis C, and everyone was like, "Ugh." <laughs> yeah, I mean that really. Put a nail in that coffin. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Tommy. It was also, Tom, I think, partially maybe just Tommy Lee. Plowing. Yeah, that, that'll. That, that was the first one. That's, that's a nail in a coffin for sure. Like, that was the first one of what? its kind. The celeb sex tape. I mean, I'm, there was oh, other. Yeah, yeah, before, you're right, you're that right. was the first one that got real popular. Pretty incredible. Okay, this isn't the one who I thought was that character, but she looks pretty banging too. Her name, the girl who plays CJ is Kelly Rohrbach. Oh, I know who that is. But the one who I was thinking of is, let me see who she is. Is it Elizabeth Dodario? What? Elizabeth Dodario? No, I think that's, it's this. 
ill finish Hadera character. Very exotic sounding. Yeah, she is super exotic. Yeah, yeah, it has her on uh, The Punisher. Yep, that's her. Yeah, she was on that shitty old boy remake. That's no good. Don't watch that movie, guys. For real. Old Boy is one of my favorite movies ever made, the original one. It was uh, absolutely depressing to watch the uh, the Spike Lee uh, remake of it. It was like he it was like he was intentionally trying to fuck the film up. I've never seen anything like it. Why did uh yeah why did they choose Spike Lee for that? That doesn't I don't really know. seem like his can of soup. No, I don't know. But you know that reminds me of another uh, funny thing I, I noticed when I was looking up Stan Lee stuff today. Um, New Zealand a newspaper in New Zealand mistakenly reported that Spike Lee dies at the age of ninety five. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know what? Hey, he's the third most famous Lee. Yeah, yeah. Bruce he's Lee, Stan Lee, Spike Lee. Yeah, there you um, go. That's funny. <laughs> Spike Lee died. Uh, yeah, this uh, Ilfinish Hadera is Stephanie Holden on on uh, Baywatch. I, I I don't I don't know what that means. Yeah, I don't remember who that was. I didn't regularly uh, watch Baywatch as a kid. Uh, I didn't. I, up, but... I watched one episode of it. I might have talked about this before. I remember the first time I ever cried uh, watching a television show. It was an episode of Baywatch. When I was a little boy, I was probably like, probably like, I was probably like seven or eight, and it was an episode where like, there was like a, I'm okay. The premise of the episode, I'm pretty sure there was a dwarf in the episode, or like there was somebody. It was like a dwarf or like a person. I don't, I don't actually don't think you're allowed to say dwarf anymore either. Really? What do yeah. you say? You say little person, which sounds more offensive to me. All right. Like, so there was a. Yeah, I know, right? Um, all right, so there was a little person in the episode, or it was either a little person or somebody without legs or somebody with some kind of something, and then like somebody almost drowns at the end of the episode, and there's no lifeguards around to save them, mm-hmm. so they jump in the water to save them, and it was like a very heartfelt moment. I'm pretty sure I teared up a little when I was watching that. A little bit. Much. That's pretty sweet, man. I don't think I've ever cried before from anything. <laughs> my entire life did you see the new halloween no i haven't seen it yet uh i saw it i actually really liked it yeah i'm i'm very i'm very excited to watch it i um i was planning on going the other day i just didn't i i didn't get around to it i actually should have gone today uh i don't know why i didn't today's uh six dollar movies for did we talk about halloween in the last podcast we talked about this one in a couple podcasts, actually. No, I know that, but did um, we talk? Had we talked about it since I saw it? No, no, I did. When did you see it? Uh, I saw it like three. I don't know, right when it came out, like three weeks ago, maybe. Okay. All right. Well, yeah, we didn't talk about it. Um, I it mean, don't really good. don't share too much, you know. No, I won't spoil it. They did a very good job of making it feel like it was in the same kind of little universe, mm-hmm. while updating it there were some things that i didn't enjoy completely i would have changed mm-hmm. but for the most part it was like a solid follow-up like it right. felt like it was within the same universe i can't comment i i can only say i've seen the trailers and it looks like they you know attach well, it to the original most of all it's just like a fun horror movie like it's a fun they really like up the ante on the gore and everything and like because the original halloween had pretty much no gore 
mm-hmm. they really up the ante on that and just it's, i think that's that's just necessary with a horror movie nowadays if you're gonna do like a slasher horror movie with no gore people just aren't i yeah. wouldn't i'd be pretty disappointed if i watched a fucking slasher movie and there wasn't any fucking violence in it yeah no they have some solid um they have some solid kill scenes in the movie mm-hmm I mean, that's what you're watching a slasher like that. That's sort of the the formula of a good slasher movie is creativity of how the the kills happen. You know, that's that's the artistry of it. Yeah, we know the plot. There's a murderer killing people. If nobody gets killed. There's no plot. And if the killing isn't interesting, if it's just the same way somebody gets killed over and over again. That's not interesting. <laughs> you have a one particular all time favorite. Particular all-time favorite slasher? No, not not slasher movie. Just like particular scene, movie death. Oh yeah, um, scariest or favorite? Just favorite, like most. Just you know, overall favorite, most fun. Mm, I have to give I have to give credit to this movie just because, like, yeah, this is definitely the scariest. It's most disturbing. Every time I see this, uh, I can't. I can't prepare myself for it. I've seen it several times and every time it happens, it freaks me the fuck out. Um, there's a scene on, um, on the movie inside the, the original French one. They did a remake, uh, an American one recently. And I watched like halfway through it and I was just like bored and I turned it off, uh, which I don't normally do, but, um, super fucking scary movie. Um, it was uh, from 2007, and uh, there's a scene where um, a police officer gets into the house, and she's trying to say, and he's, like, investigating. And, like, the lights go out, and you just hear, like, a bunch of, like, bustling around, and, um, like, the lights are out for a little bit, and there's this kid that he arrested in the house with him. And you're following the kid around, basically. And... um I can't remember how it goes exactly, but he like the lights start flashing back on and he sees the, um, he sees the, the cop, like the lights come back on and sees the cop like staring at the wall and he like grabs him and the cop turns around and his eyes have been gouged out and he's been like stabbed in his ears. So the cop just starts fucking strangling him and like screaming like, and like when it happens, it's so like shocking, like the noise and everything, and just like mm-hmm. the, the cop's face, and it's like the lights are flashing on and off. It's like super fucking horrifying. <laughs> mm. So you went for the, so you went for like the gr- the scariest, the yeah. gruesome. Well, I mean, like it was the it was executed so fucking well. Like it's genuinely like I have to give credit to it. I, I think I was more impressed with that than any any horror scene that I've seen anywhere. I'll have to watch that. I've never seen it. Oh dude, it's absolutely like it'll change you and not in a good way. Like <laughs> all right, maybe I won't watch it. Uh, <laughs> so my that movie favorite, that movie will leave scars in your mind. All right. <laughs> I'm going the complete opposite route. My favorite if I had to pick one, it would have to be from Nightmare on Elm Street Part Three, Dream Warriors. <laughs> where Freddy this is a legit good one though. Oh yeah. Where Freddy uh, Krueger I he, believe you. Freddy Krueger is a Mary he comes out as a marionette, a little puppet. And then like Freddy Krueger invades the guy's dream and he 
Freddy Krueger cuts out the tendons in the guy's arms and he uses them as marionette strings and like walks them off the ledge of the building. Mm -hmm. That was a really cool one. And then within that same movie, they had another really good one. (laughs) This one's like super fucking corny. Uh, But Freddy Krueger, his head is like inside of a TV and the lady walks up to it and he's talking to her from the TV. And then when she gets close to the TV, these big like puppet arms come out of the side of the TV and grab her head. And then they just pull her head right into the TV and it kills her. Classic. <laughs> I'm pretty sure he says something to her like um, like something like um, watch this bitch or like something yeah. like that. Some really <laughs> corny 80s line. Have you seen the uh, the Rick and Morty episode where they have the uh, Freddy Krueger character? No. It's uh, oh, shit, I can't remember his fucking name. It's like Scary Stanley or something like that. And he just says, bitch, after everything. He was like, chase her. So come here, bitch. Once he loses him, he goes back to his like dream house where he has a wife who's like all like melted up like he is. And they have a little baby. She's like, how's how's your day at work, honey? He's like, oh, it was was hell, bitch. Not in the house. He's like, I'm sorry. (laughs) Also, I never really, I've only seen like a couple episodes of Rick and Morty. Dude, it's so always good. meant to, yeah, I've heard it's really, really good. Uh, I mean, I, it took me so long to actually watch it. Like the third season was already like about to come out when I, um, when I finally actually gave it a shot. And as soon as I watched an episode, I was just like, oh, fuck me. This is, it's like it was made for me. <laughs> I have yeah. to watch it. I just marathoned the whole show. I was immediately obsessed. Is it as good as Assy McGee? Oh, dude, it's, it's, <laughs> you're, you're, you're asking me if like steak is as good as ice cream. Okay. Like they, we're, we're talking about two different things here. <laughs> the, the, most of the people listening to this have no clue what Assy McGee is. Um, Assy McGee is one of the greatest works of fiction ever created. It's like animated Shakespeare. It, <laughs> it's, it's high art. Yeah. It's, it's, it's really up there. Assy McGee is a uh, is a is a hardened detective on the streets of New York mm-hmm. with uh, with an alcohol addiction mm-hmm. and a scooter and uh, no body above his ass. And his no. ass also serves as his mouth. Um, <laughs> he's a walking ass. He's a walking ass with stockings and boots, and he walks backwards. <laughs> I still remember when you guys first showed me that, and I was like, "What the fuck? It, what is this?" He has a he has a floating cigarette all the time coming out of his mouth. You almost can't <laughs> believe you're watching it as you're watching it. It's so amazing. It's one of the it's one of the original uh, Adult Swim shows. Um, it it was like around the time when like uh, Frisky Dingo and um, uh, Aqua Teen Hunger Force were were really big oh i didn't uh, realize it was that old school yeah it's the it's one of the original um uh. uh fucking adult swim shows it was uh shit i was talking about another one with somebody the other day i can't remember one of the classics uh home movies home remember movies, home movies? Yeah, i remember home movies that was, that was the first thing i saw uh h john benjamin and he was the coach i, I, I yeah i remember i actually liked i never really got into aqua team um but i did like home movies quite a bit actually home movies was really good that was like yeah. that was a very underrated show i loved aqua Teen. don't get me wrong but um 
home movies i think was one of the more underrated ones because like it didn't it didn't look as appealing it didn't like have that like flair to it that aqua teen had no no did you ever and, watch uh did you ever watch wonder shows what wonder shows wonder shows i don't think so no you would love it was like a skit hey get out of there lily get lily sorry one of my dogs is on the bed they're probably gonna go pee mm-hmm. um that's what they do i, I uh I wonder Shosen was like a skit show, almost like a SNL or something like that, mm-hmm. where they would just do a bunch of random skits. Some of them would be animated, but they always had this really like dark sense of humor mm-hmm. where like they would just like right in the middle of the episode, they would show you like some kids like singing along going la 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 la. And then as the kids are singing along, they're showing you like a pork packing facility where they're like, <laughs> beating pigs and then like putting them into hot dogs <laughs> like to the sound of kids going la 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 God. and like it was just a, like a lot of really it's like uh kids. it's like a fucking super jail yeah kind of it, yeah it was just yeah and they would have some really funny animated horrible kids. horrible things are going on the whole time like your <laughs> protagonist character is the one who is torturing and brutalizing and maiming all these inmates well, so they had one character his name was Winobot, and he kind of looks like robocop but he's a homeless dude who's just a drunk who's a part cyborg and like <laughs> instead of like robocop has a gun that comes out of his hand or whatever or a knife or whatever Winobot has a wine cork yeah driver his hand and like it's but it's so funny they do such a good job of like making it funny but it also gets really really sad at some parts i don't know i'm actually you you should watch some clips of wonder shows and you would like absolutely love it i think i know like the name's familiar i remember hearing the name wonder shows and yeah really really offbeat show Mm-hmm. It would have this other thing where they would have that's that sort of more or less that's the uh that's the adult swim like, yeah and, the, uh, and this that's Wonder their Show, motif Wonder <laughs> Chosen, i think was on like mtv too i don't think it was, oh, was it? yeah but this kid they had this other one where this little kid they would have kid it would call it was called kids beat or something like that kids was, bop or no it was, that was where uh that was where children re-sang popular no 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 this was called either songs it was no this one was called beat kids so like kids, but but it would say beat kids, you know, like beat kids. And then this kid, it would, they would have this little redhead kid go around and interview people on the street, just like walking around New York. And they had him in a yeah, little like, like kid on a beat, not <laughs> yeah on a beat. And they had him in a little like Carmen San Diego jacket, you know, looking uh-huh. like a old school reporter. And mm-hmm. then he would just walk up to like a random dude walking out of like a banking, like a Wall Street type scenario, real people. And he would walk up to him and he would just go like. Um, um, what does it feel like to exploit people? And like, he would just ask him like horrible questions. And then the guy would be like, well, I don't think I do that. And like the kid would be like, sure. And look at the camera and wink. There's like a lot of funny scenarios like that. Did you, did you ever see Frisky Dingo? No, that doesn't uh, ring a bell at all. As one of my all time favorite um, adult swim shows. Uh, it's really shitty animation or not actually it's not super terrible it's like uh it's the same crew that did archer okay so instead of them being secret agents um one of the characters like the main character is a he's a super rich like he's a billionaire orphan superhero 
So it's this just the stereotype. Of, okay, this is kind of starting to ring a bell. Yeah. And the the villain the villain is a um the villain is a is a big pale guy with claws for feet with a British accent named Killface. All right. Sounds and promising. Just, he just wasted all of his money on a on a thermonuclear weapon that is all rusted out and doesn't work and he doesn't have any money to repair it and he doesn't have any money to fund his campaign for um his uh his media campaign to tell the world how he's going to destroy it. <laughs> I'm going to have to go back and watch this. Yeah, I, yeah, I, you can, you can watch the entire series in in an hour and a half, maybe 2 hours. Like they're Oh, so it was one of the little yeah. like short ones. Yeah, but it but it do, it follows a linear storyline. So it actually like goes through it like as you as you watch it. it it's so goddamn funny. Like uh the the superhero guy, he's just obsessed with like just like having fun and like showing off and being a badass and um his uh he, he like has this cyborg fucking crew called the Exticles because his name is Awesome X. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, I remember this now because yeah. I remember the Awesome X thing. Yeah, I remember that for sure. Awesome X and the Exticles. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. I'm gonna have to revisit that. Yeah, all you guys listening, it's like like I've watched it through like five times and every time I cry my eyes out, it's so goddamn funny. It's classic. One thing we definitely need to touch upon. uh, I know we, we texted a little bit about it back and forth, but this last weekend was in my opinion, the craziest finish in any MMA fight ever. God damn. Yeah. Well, I mean, has it ever been, has there ever been a finish that close to the end of the fifth round? I don't think there has. There, there, there has. There has. Yes. Uh, when Demetrius Johnson submitted, uh, what's his face with the flying armbar? Oh, the, right. The German suplex into an armbar, which was also crazy. I would actually. Right, right. This, this is kind of in that that. This is kind of in that realm. Something <laughs> <over> there. <laughs> you you have no idea. For those of you who can't see, I am surrounded by pugs. I have. Yeah. I've got four pugs on me. This man is wearing a blanket of pugs, and he has he has other pugs orbiting around him. Um, so yeah, I would put it up there. In my opinion, craziest finish of all time. The reason why there's multiple elements to number one. If he had just finished him with anything that close, you know, five seconds away from the bell in the fifth round, mm-hmm. that would have been crazy enough. Let alone finishing him with a no-look, over-the-head elbow that nobody's that, ever done in MMA. I, I believe that would be described as, like, I, I could be wrong about this, but I think that would be called a reverse up elbow. Okay, so uh, a reverse up elbow. So, like, an up right? elbow would come up like this. Like a crescent. But elbow. what he, he dipped forward and came up like that, right. backwards. Backwards. So it was five very... Five seconds. Yeah, yeah fifth round yeah it was very ong bak uh yeah he knocked him cold out like and that's okay that's the other crazy uh, thing yeah. is he not only was the the knockout itself just the the move that he finished him with was nothing we'd ever seen in an actual fight completely insane five seconds left on the clock and he was actually down on the scorecard so he would have lost the fight had this not happened it was on very close but that, he probably would have lost the fight yeah it was very yeah, yeah. And then on top of that, 
Korean zombie gets knocked out and full blown, like out of a movie, just pile drives his face into mm-hmm. the ground. It was actually like a little bit scary. Like he, it was scary. the way he it fell, like he, it looked like he might have died. Yeah, I was thinking the same. That actually did cross my mind slightly when I was watching it. I was thinking, what if this is the first death ever in MMA? Oh, it's in, not the, in UFC. It wouldn't be the first. Yeah, UFC. It be the first death in UFC. And because, from, uh, yeah. Fuck. And from impact, I don't think anybody's died from like an impact. Right. Like, people die from like weight cut related issues and like heart trauma, which is usually related to the weight cut. Yeah. Uh, the other thing that we're not, we haven't touched on about that yet that's so like fascinating is like the amount of uh, trauma that Korean Zombie was showing himself able to uh, withstand. Like he took some massive shots in that fight. And, yeah. didn't, and they didn't even phase him. He was just like, fine. Like, yeah. and I don't believe that got him closer to being knocked out necessarily that like, you know, loosen him up for that one shot to be the one that would be pretty spectacular timing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, if that were the case. Uh, but Korean zombie has a, that's where he got his nickname. He's like a zombie. You could just keep hitting him. Boom, 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 boom. He's, he's got a real weird style. Because yeah. You look at the way he fights. He throws a lot of hooks. A lot of big power punches, and he's he he does this weird thing that I never noticed quite that much before. But where it almost looks like he's in like he just he's like slow, like he'll just stop. He'll just stop and kind of reset. You yeah. know what I mean? There doesn't seem to be a lot of urgency in his style. He kind of just mm-hmm. plops forward. Well, for someone like that's that's a really good way of putting it because he's extremely active but he doesn't yeah. act with a lot of urgency. He acts yeah. like this is just going to go level. Boom, boom, boom. He, he almost kind of... Uh, he, the whole time. Yeah, you know what he almost kind of reminds me of in a weird way is like similar to like the way the Diaz brothers fight in that he throws a lot of volume, but he's throwing all power punches. He doesn't like... Yeah. It's no pitter. He doesn't... You know, Diaz brothers will throw a mix of everything. He's well, just throwing fucking bombs. The Diaz brothers also use a lot of subtle head movement. That's what they, right. they don't get credited for that as much as they should. Like they, they absorb a lot of their shots by using head movement. Like they take the shot, but they roll with it as they're going. Like they're, they don't get completely out of the way to clear it. And they get little bruises and swellings and shit from it, but they're not taking knockout impact because they're moving with the shot as it's, as it's hitting them. You know? Right, and he's just kind of like he leaves his there. fucking head out. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and that's well. Even when I was, even though I had him ahead in the fight, as I was watching it, I was like, "Fuck!" The way this dude leaves his chin out there, like he could get taken out at any moment. You know, right? And uh, fuck it, that's what happened. Fucking mm-hmm. All of a sudden, elbow from fucking hell. Yeah, and um, and you know, I mean, what what more can be said about that? I mean, we can we can look at that and talk about that all night. Absolutely, if you're a fight fan, you have to see that. You just absolutely got to. Yeah, I'm not, that, that, I'm not a big uh, Yair Rodriguez fan, to be honest. Like, he's no, I'm super I'm good, not, but there's something about him that bugs me. Like the way he moves and everything is just this like sort of. Um, it's almost like a pretentiousness in the way he moves that I just look at him. I can't, I can't like him, <laughs> but he, just incredibly impressive. Like it was, yeah, it was. And it's, that's going to, that, that was one of those moments as disappointed as I was that Korean zombie lost. I really wanted to see him get that win. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just like, that's one of those moments like where like 
you're like, man, this is why you watch fucking fighting. <laughs> you know what I mean, though? You'll, yeah. you'll never get that feeling yeah. watching. I don't care if you're a fan of fucking basketball or football or whatever. You will never get that feeling watching anything. Nothing, nothing, nothing like that like is going to happen in any other sport. Like no. the, the gnarliest Hail Mary shot is never going to match up to something like that. Yeah. Or like like fucking Pettis stepping off the fucking cage right. to do a that, jump kick. To, to, yeah, right. to me, yeah. to me, that moment what we what we saw on the Saturday that was the because I remember watching the Showtime kick live. Yeah, as it happened, and that was the equivalent to that. I mean, it yeah. was that. Incredible. It was one of those moments where it was just like, whoa, almost more so because with the Showtime kick, it was like, yeah. He, he hit him with that kick and you got to see something new that you'd never saw before, but he didn't mm-hmm. finish him after that. You know, the fight went on with this. He hit him with, he hit him with a move equally impressive to the showtime kick. And he put his fucking lights well, out. And well, like, you know. yeah, that's true. But also I think it's more impressive in the sense that, that that elbow is super hard to generate power with. Yeah. That's like, another thing. Like, how that, that's, fuck- the showtime kick he's kicking off the cage he has like the the pressure right from the cage bouncing that foot out oh, he should have hit him fucking hard with that the fuck that that reverse elbow is just like how you can can't even move my arm like that how i know that that's exactly what i was thinking like how can you generate force from that angle like and it and you could tell too when that elbow hit it wasn't like one of those things where kind of like what you were talking about where like okay, well, maybe by that time he had softened his chin up and it just was kind of like the final blow. No, if you go back and watch that replay, that elbow snaps his jaw. I mean, he fucking... You see him, he just crushes his head. Yeah, that's what's crazy about it too. Yeah. Uh, Just before that, uh, the Cerrone-Mike Perry fight, uh, that was awesome. Uh, That was cool to see. I like that that because... uh, you know, I don't know, man. Winkle John kind of seems like an asshole. I don't know anything about it aside from what I've heard uh, Cerrone say on on the on the. I, I I saw some like, interviews. I didn't, I didn't know that it was like that. <laughs> I saw some interviews with Winkle John after the fact, and he was like, you know, Cerrone is just a cancer, and we get rid of the cancer. And you know what? For all you people out there that uh that are uh, riding on Cerrone's, you know what that hard? Well, that's just gross. And like he sounded. He just sounded like, a, like yeah he's just lame like you're fucking it's like he wrote his own narrative there he's all you know if you're writing on his you know what it's gross yeah he was just like yeah. <laughs> he just sounded so stupid when he said that but um it was cool to see cerrone it's always cool when you have a backstory mm-hmm. like that where there's so much emotion involved and just and i back. mean mike perry's a fucking animal um yeah I remember we were talking about it uh, before. We didn't know who uh, who uh, Mike Perry and Paul Felder were, and as soon as I watched them fight, like I had to look up some highlights and shit. Those guys are fucking monsters. Well, I know oh. I definitely knew more of Paul Felder than I did Perry because mm. Paul Felder is a he's got a real exciting, explosive style. You know, like they, I, that um, that fight was super close. Yeah. And yeah. and Felder like broke his arm early in first the round, they said. Yeah. So that's pretty tough to yeah. go through that, you know. I just is is as much as I uh I like what Perry brings to the table as far as he gives funny interviews, he's has exciting fights. Mm-hmm. I just don't ever see him reaching that like 
upper echelon. No, level. but I, I kind of see. I kind of see Cerrone the same way because he has a history of being like up and down. You look at his record, what was it like 30 and 11? Yeah. That, well, like, that's what's crazy with Cerrone is the fact that they said that with that fight, he now has the most finishes in UFC history. He has the most wins in UFC history. Mm-hmm. I mean, like but, Donald Cerrone has to be like one of the best dudes to never win a title, you know? Right. Well, wasn't that a, that was like Joe Lozon for a while. He had like the most finishes in, in UFC or at least in his weight they, class, I think. I think they said that Cerrone, um, yeah, maybe in the weight class. Cause I think they said Cerrone beat out Anderson Silva for most finishes with that, with mm-hmm. that one. Um, yeah, but, uh, that's all those, uh, all those losses peppered in there that. <laughs> but Cerrone's got a weird thing that he'll do yeah. where like Cerrone will basically, He'll go on a terror. He'll win three fights and look really good doing it, and then he'll lose a big fight. Yeah, he's and, super inconsistent. That's it. Like I don't, I don't know, I don't know what else to call it. He's just really, really inconsistent, and it, it's gonna. That's that's what's gonna keep him from going anywhere unless he figures out what that is and stops it. Well, I think the problem with Cerrone too is I think he does crack mentally a little bit because if you look at his hit track record, the bigger the stage, like kind of like the bigger the failure. You know, like he. He has that loss to, uh, you know, that big fight with Nate Diaz. He lost that fight. Mm-hmm. And that, he got that title shot against RDA. He got starched within like a minute. He had that big fight. His, I think it was his, one of his first fights in UFC in Denver against Jorge Masvidal. Goes out there. Oh, and yeah. And fucking. Like yeah. every time he gets put on that big, big stage, it seems like he kind of chokes a little bit. Yeah. Um, God damn, that, uh, that Pettis fight. You know, that's like... Pettis, know, that was another one, right? That, was was that, that, a, that wasn't a title shot, though, I don't think. I think no. I was building up. But he got starched with that body kick. Dude, that was so severe. It was beautiful. That was like one of my favorite strikes I've ever seen. That, that's, actually, that's actually a fight that it might make sense to run back right now. Sure, that would because, totally uh, be a reasonable rematch right now. Yeah, because he was, Cerrone was talking about wanting to go back down to 155 and Pettis mm-hmm. coming off that loss to Ferguson. Mm-hmm. Tough fight, do him versus Cerrone. That'd be a good fight. Be a great place for both of them to see where they're at. You know, yeah. Be a be a big sink or swim fight for both of those guys. Yeah. Um. Not really sure what would happen to the loser after that. I mean, they're cool, both well established of- enough that they're not they're not just going to cut either of them. No. But also, like anything short of like a a fight of the night performance. They're, they're kind of both at that same stage in their career where you know that there's not a great chance that either one of them is going to work their way up into, like, title picture again, probably. Maybe, but you know what? That fucking... Uh, happen, you, but... Dude, that that fight with Ferguson was really good. Yeah, it yeah. was great. It was great. Ferguson Don't get me wrong. It. Ferguson but, kept pressure on him the whole time, but he was dangerous to Ferguson the whole time. There was no... Was. Until he broke his hand and they called the fight. But if, but if you look at it like this, though, look at Ferguson's style. Ferguson has a history of – Ferguson beats everybody, but even the guys that aren't necessarily on that next level, he has competitive fights with. So mm-hmm. if you look at, like, when he fought Lando Venata on short notice, that was a war, like, back and forth, fucking just, you know, badass fight. Mm-hmm. When he fought Barboza. You remember when he fought Barboza? Fucking bloody <laughs> – showdown yeah um violence like that, ferguson has competitive fights with 
almost everybody. That's true. You know? Kevin Seems Lee. Like Fer- Ferguson's one of those guys who, who can't help but have a hard fight. It's yeah, like that's just you him. You fight anybody, and it would, it's going to be a hard fight. So that's a good right. But But still, like, I mean, I still see Pettis as a different animal. Um, I, I think they, I think he, he was kind of on a, on a, on a downward spiral. And I think they gave, they, once he started to show some promise again, they put him back up at the top a little too quickly. I think he probably could have used another warm up, but, um, he, uh, he, it just seems like to me, Pettis kind of, there's a certain, when he gets put into like a, a war, when he really gets pressured, he, I guess he kind of reminds me of a Cerrone in his way. Like Pettis is really good when he's the hammer, but when he's not the hammer, he he can fold a little. Maybe, but he he's had really good performances with people who were competitive with him too. I mean, his fight with Ben Henderson back in WEC, like that that wasn't a one sided fight. No, not at all. And, that was yeah. a competitive fight, and then they fought again, and Pettis like fucking mopped him. Yeah. Um. But that was a long time ago now. He's a for little sure, older for sure. Now. That's that's just sort of reflecting on that, like, you know. But uh I don't know, man. I always want to see Pettis do good. I'm a long time Pettis fan. So you'd be rooting for him against Cerrone? Yeah. Yeah, I like I like Cerrone, but I think I like Pettis more. Yeah. Yeah, Pettis has got more uh, – Cerrone's got kind of a weird style when you watch him strike. I also kind of don't like that Cerrone is a fake cowboy. <laughs> that, there's something about that that bothers me. Like, he grew up in the suburbs. You could look up pictures of him when he was, like, a teenager with his family. <laughs> That's true. Then, yeah, he, he adopted the cowboy lifestyle. And he it's adopted- like, why would you want – I can understand if you were born a cowboy, but who right. chooses to be a cowboy? Well, that's what's lame about it is it's not like <laughs> it's like it's a culture. It's not something that you. It's like me going like I'm gonna be black now. Like that's <laughs> not who I am. <laughs> uh, like I tell you what, Mike Perry is more black than <laughs> fucking ninety percent of the black people I've met. Mike Perry <laughs> is very, very. That guy has he's got his own way of talking. <laughs> you know what I mean? Have you ever heard I, of one of his I interviews? I don't think I've heard his interviews. I, I oh man, I, you gotta hear Mike Perry's interviews. So. Oh, you gotta hear his interviews. He's right, something I'll, else. I gotta look it up. I will. He has some of the most urban way of speaking I've ever heard. I think it's hysterical. He definitely doesn't look like that exactly. He looks like a pretty rugged guy, but I don't know about. He's got the, tattoos on the face. Yeah, he's got a face tattoo. That means he <laughs> might have been to prison. That doesn't mean that he talks like a black guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but no, I think uh yeah, that's that's something that always bothered me about Cerrone. I like him. I don't I don't think he's like uh I mean when he talks he's cool, he's he's cool in his interviews, but uh, it was always like something that was just weird to me, is like you're not a cowboy. <laughs> you're he you, you chose to be a cowboy. Like you he chose the cowboy life. Yeah. Does he uh I wonder if he even, like, I think he knows how to ranch. Yeah, he has a ranch. Yeah. He owns a ranch now, which, you know, when you reach a level of success where you can buy yourself something like a ranch, you could do that if that's something you, that's a lifestyle you choose to adopt. But, you know, still. What if we were just talking about a bottle of ranch? 
That's what he owns. He, he owns a bottle of ranch. He owns a bottle of Hidden Valley. And that's how he became a cowboy. <laughs> so I'll use it for his pizza and the occasional salad, which I don't know. I just like, I don't know if I've talked to you about this before. Have you ever thought about how insane it is that the standard thing that we do with leafy green vegetables, like fresh, healthy vegetables is let's slather them in salty mayonnaise. (laughs) Well, that's the right thing to do. They're in, in a roundabout way. There's a method behind the madness. Is that a fact? Yes. In a roundabout way. Definitely doesn't make sense to slather them in mayonnaise for sure. But there is scientific data to say that it does, it is beneficial to slather them in fat. Right, I, I agree, and I don't think that it's not. But I don't healthy. think that's. Don't get I, me wrong. I don't think that's why anybody who's slathering no, their veggies in mayonnaise is. I, I, I'm actually, famous. yeah, I'm actually more specifically talking about the uh, not not the health um, detract or the health retractions from the vegetables. I'm talking about vegetables are like the flavor profile of vegetables is like fresh and uh, like moist, crisp, those sorts of things. Refreshing. Here's the the real question though. Have you ever tried to eat a dry salad? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) There's your answer. (laughs) No, but yeah, put some fucking olive oil on it. Yeah. Yeah. That makes that matches. I do I do avocado oil. That's what I've been doing lately. Yeah, I do the same every time. I do olive oil and balsamic. Yeah. Olive oil balsamic or like or um, even i can actually same thing i can actually just do if i have like a good enough amount of avocado even if i just take that and just kind of mix it into it mm-hmm. like even that'll be enough that coats it enough for me yeah um yeah i've been uh i've been using avocado oil lately i don't know if that's as good or better than uh olive oil but it tastes fucking good so. i think it's pretty i there's something i read on it it's pretty similar but i think you can actually heat Avocado it has, high, oil. it has a higher yeah. smoke point or whatever, but yeah, so it's better. Know. You can use it for cooking, and it would be good too. Yeah, I soaked um, I soaked a couple steaks in uh, avocado oil today before mm. I grilled them. That was just amazing. <laughs> that sounds good, dude. It was so good. <laughs> I had a steak for dinner. I had a ribeye for dinner. I have uh, some New York steaks. New York strips. New York strips. I have some of those in my New York strippers. Where do you buy your steaks from? Vons. Vons or Vallarta. Do you ever go to grocery outlet? Yeah, I don't ever see good deals at grocery outlet for steaks. Uh, They they have like pork roast there for good deals. Um, Every once in a while, they'll get on the hot streak where they get these like grass-fed ribeyes in. mm -hmm. I think I told you about this before. Yeah, yeah, I think we've talked about this on here, actually. (laughs) People are like, God damn it, they're talking about grass-fed ribeyes again. These guys and their goddamn grass-fed ribeyes. Um, Vallarta has really good deals on uh, on grass-fed beef, though. Like if you're just looking for bulk at a good price, like they they do. I like, go there. I never go there. I don't know why. They do three ninety nine for uh, top sirloin and chuck roast and ground beef, all grass-fed. All grass-fed, really? Wow, that is yeah. really good. It's a fucking killer deal. Like super cheap. If you're mm-hmm. trying to if you're trying to eat right, like that's a good way to go. Hmm. Check that out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
You seen uh you seen Venom yet? Uh no. I uh I'm probably gonna wait till that one hits uh hits DVD or you, you don't want to see that in theaters? No, honestly, dude, I saw the trailer for it and I just thought it looked awful. I loved it. Really? Yeah, it was really good. All I right. think you'll like it. I think I think they uh I think they went really um I mean I can't say off the top of my head anything that I didn't like about it. I know there were there were dry points in it that like I gotta say the first like maybe forty five minutes is is the Eddie Brock show where it's just basically showing how his life fell apart. He took a little bit of creative license with it. Um he has no affiliation with Spider-Man. You know how Eddie Brock always fucking hated Spider-Man? That was like where the yeah. where the half villain side came from was his like desperate fucking hate for Spider-Man. Spider-Man was completely uninvolved with the story. Right. So I felt like that kind of took away from it a little bit. It took away a little bit of the drama. Um, but I really liked the way that they, they developed the character and the, the relationship between Eddie Brock and Venom. Uh, the the graphics on it were really good. They had that good kind of CGI where it like has that that textured feel where it looks like something that's real, like how uh, Infinity War was with Thanos and everything. Mm-hmm. It wasn't that like Black Panther CGI where it's just like, oh, all of a sudden we're in a cartoon. All right, <laughs> Black Panther did have really bad CGI. Yeah, was that was what movie, I did. But I don't understand. They really shit the bed on the CGI in that one. That was what I didn't like about it. It was all CGI and it was all super cartoony, shitty CGI. I liked everything about it other than that, but that just killed the movie for me. I don't get how the CGI could be so not great in Black Panther, but then so good in Infinity War. Immediately afterwards, right? Yeah. yeah. Like, how do they, don't they got the same fucking studios making this shit? Yeah, that's, that's what I'm saying. They probably just were too busy working on Infinity War and they were like, you know. But Black Panther was such a massive release, though. It was a huge deal. I don't think they thought it was going to be as big as it was, though. You did you see all mean? those? Uh, did you see all those faked, uh, faked news reports of like white people getting beat up outside of Black Panther? oh my god and all these pictures of like white people all fucked up on the ground outside of like black panther like theaters they just got like they just got like people standing over him doing the wakanda forever yeah (laughs) god that's i think we talked about this before but i had uh, somebody i knew who they were like i'm not gonna go see black panther i was like why they were like because um i'm racist they were, yeah they basically said that it was racist and i and i had to like school them on the history of the whole black panther character and how about black panther actually predates the the uh, black panther social party that character came out it does. first yeah. and then uh, they changed his name to the black leopard and then they realized how fucking shitty it sounded and they oh, had that's to not gonna back work to um black panther did uh, come out as as an African superhero during the during the uh, aggressive uh, time of apartheid, though. So that you know, because it came came out like what nineteen seventy three or nineteen sixty eight, some right random. It was the late sixties, like, I think. I think it was sixty eight. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So that was when still had apartheid going on in Africa. So that was a well, bold Dude, Marvel was like way ahead of the curve. Very progressive. Super, yeah. yeah they were like, 
very very progressive about a lot of things like the whole um x-men was like a allegory for you know racism right like, yeah that's what i always felt like made the x-men a little i don't know i always really liked the x-men i think that's what made the x-men just a little more interesting to me is just the fact that they had so much kind of you could take a lot of like current events and apply it to the x-men which made it kind of interesting and then magneto just has like the coolest it was funny because yesterday my nephew was asking me if i had to pick like a favorite marvel villain who it would be and i was like probably have to be magneto like, magneto has such a cool backstory and like you told me uh you told me it was dr doom dr doom is my favorite like looking like aesthetically dr doom is probably my favorite villain you told me some interesting stuff about dr doom though i don't i didn't i never knew a lot about him like you yeah. actually went into a pretty good story about what made him an interesting character. Yeah, he, he's got a cool story, but if I'm having to go off of like, um, just character development, I guess, it, I think it maybe it would have to be Magneto. Just because yeah. he has such a cool, like his parents were, you know, in the Holocaust and like, there's just such a cool, like rich backstory with Magneto. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Magneto's, Magneto's fucking dope. Um, love Michael Fassbender as Magneto. Yeah, that's this like great. That was, yeah, perfect that, casting. Oh yeah, uh, that first um, that first movie that he played Magneto in when it shows him like in the bar scene with yeah. the German guys, <laughs> like that fucking shit was hard. That makes it well that it's and it's almost kind of a double edged sword because it almost bums you out that you never got a solo Magneto movie. Right, they were he supposed just, to do that, weren't they? I thought they were going. Yeah, to I think they. Yeah. yeah, I think they had it on the slot and the yeah. band shuffling the deck and fucking uh yeah. he like throws the knife at the one guy and then just pulls the knife back <laughs> yeah that was, was fucking so that, that x-men first that was probably my favorite of all the x-men movies I it, loved was, first class. it was definitely one of the the better ones for sure yeah. uh because it seems like every every time they do a sort of reboot i like how they kind of connect the timelines they make it all part of the same thing sort of so you don't yeah. you don't lose one generation of yeah. x-men or those characters or anything but um but uh every time they kind of do like a reboot like that it gets very it gets very serious like a new style a new generation like we had the the first class they did it more seriously then then it got like a little sillier as they did sequels to that one the yeah. first x-men movie was pretty serious and and done well and then it got a little sillier as they did sequels to it and then they did logan and logan yeah. was very um very serious and intense and I, they took like a serious shot at it and I bet you if they started doing some more um, Marvel like depressing R-rated Marvel movies they'd probably like start to get sillier anyway <laughs> well, I want to see I want to see Marvel Studios if, if they uh, end up buying Fox I want to see them take a shot at the X-Men I think they should just completely reboot because the franchise has been around for so yeah. long no. It's it's ready for a complete reboot, and and yeah. they they need to introduce the characters that we want to see, uh, like like Gambit. Yeah, we want Gambit in our in our X Men. I don't yeah. I don't see why Gambit wasn't a way bigger part, a much more integral role in the X Men movies that we've had so far. He was in for a little bit on on uh, one of the Wolverine movies, and it was I actually think. He, he wasn't he was, that I thought he was okay. I yeah, think he was just, okay. That movie just fucking... Oh, yeah. The movie was a piece of trash, but him as Gambit, uh, the guy from uh, John Carter. 
He was fine. Yeah. He, he had the right look. He, he had the right, right like voice and everything. They huh? cast uh, Sh- Taylor Kirsch was his name. Taylor they Kirsch. cast. They t- they cast a uh, fucking Channing Tatum supposed to be playing them. I heard that, but the movie he, keeps getting pushed back for like every year. He sort of kind of could have the right voice. Like he, he could. I could see. Yeah. yeah, I could see Channing Tatum <laughs> as him, but I think it's too late now because he's almost like forty. Yeah, I think he's getting you a little get somebody younger uh, in there. You gotta have you gotta have a you gotta have a Gambit character because somebody's got to be able to bang Rogue. Yeah. And yeah. they need to do like a real rogue, not like the little Anna Paquin that I'm talking. Like a rogue rogue. <laughs> yeah. Like a rogue. Got to go out rogue. That, yeah. that, that comic book body girl. That <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That white streak in her hair. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I like uh, that last girl who played, uh, played Storm in the, uh, the younger generation of. Uh... I, I didn't see that, but I actually heard she was pretty good. I. I couldn't tell you a damn thing about her acting. <laughs> She's so hot, dude. I was like in love. I couldn't I couldn't look away or oh, hear dude, a word. They had she Halle said. Berry first. They couldn't they couldn't nah, dude. In that department. She's the one. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, Halle Berry's got it going on and everything, but but this this little this little freak. I don't I don't know where they found her, but keep that around. <laughs> <laughs> Well, shit. I um, I have to get up extremely, extremely early tomorrow. Yeah, I got to get up at like seven thirty. Uh, probably not as early as you, but we so got Yeah. Um, but um, we need. Yeah, we need to. We're we need to do this again very soon. Yeah. We're gonna try and get on a um, regular basis here. I know we said that last time, and that was like a month ago. No, but so. we mean it this time. Yeah, this time we mean it. We're gonna be doing this all the time. Trust us. Uh, and yeah. plus, this is like so easy. I feel like we got the technical aspects like completely worked out. Super now. easy. We could just turn this on anytime and do it. There's nothing to it. Um, yeah. It spoke to Wyatt recently. Uh, he wants to get together and do a another session. Um, I told him I'm going to be in Santa Maria for uh, for Thanksgiving. He said he'll be there as well. We can get together and do a uh, do a local session. Do a friends a friendsgiving podcast. Friendsgiving podcast, I like it. I'll be there for a few days, so I'm going to be uh, in Santa Maria from. I think I'm going to be there like the 22nd to uh, the 25th, 26th. So, Sweet. yeah, I'm going to be there for a little while. So we'll we'll have some time to work some shit out. Uh, kind of, when are you coming to LA again? You got to come see my new place. We were actually supposed to, we were going to try and make a trip last weekend, uh, but the fires happened and they shut the freeway down. Sure. There's, there's always that. Yeah. Um, That's a funny thing. We didn't have any input on how the entire California is on fire. Uh, I don't, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) Of all the news that we've got going on, we're going to talk about Stan Lee. We had many people died yesterday. (laughs) More than a lot more than one 95 year old fucking uh, uh well that's what yeah, stanley died as a result of the fire he yeah. caught pneumonia he from- caught pneumonia from the fire <laughs> um yeah if, uh if you guys don't know uh california is completely engulfed in flames right now uh there's uh i read i don't know that this is actually factually accurate but i did read that um until this the largest fire in california history was the griffith park fire um i can't remember what date it was it was like this i think it was like the 60s or something like that um but this this one just beat it yesterday 
Wow. So, um, fuck. <laughs> yeah, fires suck. Yeah, fuck fires. Uh, yeah, so guys, follow me at uh, Bone Catrone on Instagram. Uh, Keith Catrone, uh, or I mean, uh, Facebook.com slash Bone Catrone. Yeah, uh, you guys can follow me at, I changed my face or my uh, Instagram name. It's just Matthew Paul Lovato now. Um, I got tired of trying to explain the name. Um, the intrinsic <laughs> resistance thing. Yeah. Like, and then you can follow uh, <laughs> Matt Reviews Media. I need to start reviewing things again, though, because I haven't reviewed anything forever. Yeah. Um, and then if you guys want to follow my pugs, the Village Pugs, uh, this is Walter sleeping right above my head. Mm-hmm. We have a tuxedo who's right here in my arm. We have Lily. And then, of course, Molly the Chug off in the corner there. They are the Village Pugs on Instagram. And uh, Matt has his nice little pug family there. And uh, I have... Um a bottle of Windex and uh, <laughs> I, uh, this, this beer I, glass. <laughs> I have nothing. I have I'm an a, empty. I have, a, I, have a, I have this beautiful <laughs> empty room. And, and I just need somebody to share it with. I just, I just need love. That's all. So, <laughs> maybe I need a pug. All right. You maybe, maybe you're being selfish with all those pugs. I, have, I definitely have a pug too many. Send me, send me a pug in the mail. I'll ship one. <laughs> ship me a bug. Pug delivery service. All right. Yep. Thanks again, guys. All Thanks right. for tuning in. All right. Later. How do I stop this damn thing? Oh. And exit.